I just want to wish all the mothers at the Cathedral of Faith a wonderful Mother's Day. One of my greatest joys that the Lord ever blessed me with was allowing me to be a mother to two wonderful sons whom I love dearly, Pastor Ken Foreman and Pastor Kurt Foreman. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. I love you all. Bye-bye. Cathedral of Faith, we're going to celebrate this amazing grace that has changed our lives. Come on and join in with us today. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Hallelujah. Who shakes? Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Come on, we celebrate. Come on. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. I sing for all that you've done for me. Come on. Come on, who brings our chaos? We say, who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The king of glory, the king of glory, who with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings yeah this is amazing grace hey. this is unveiling Sing this together. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Let's go. Come on. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb 
an amazing God who loves us unconditionally, who knows us intimately. He's the source and sustainer of all of our life. In fact, he says, as a mother hen gathers his chicks, so I long to gather you. And that's what we do in worship. We gather around and allow the comfort and strength and love of our amazing God to work in us. In fact, God created mom so we'd understand what he's like and what his heart is like. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms out there. We're so glad to have you with us. We celebrate this day and we celebrate you. In Psalm 71, we read these words. From our very first breath to our last, God's love and compassion never fails. From the time I was born, I've depended on you, Lord. You brought me out of my mother's body, and I will praise you forever. We rejoice in God's plan, his purposes, and his work in each one of us. We're so glad you're here with us. Again, happy Mother's Day. We're grateful for God's incredible blessings and his heart for each one of us. In fact, that mother's heart is something that is part of how God wants to care for all of us through his love, through our families, and through ministry. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote these words as a pastor, and he says this, We were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her children. You do well in faith and in complete commitment. You do well in the love we have helped to start in you. So make sure that you also do well in the grace of giving to others. In this moment, we do well in that grace of giving by bringing our tithes and offerings to the Lord. You can do that by going online to our app. You can go to our church website. You can text the number that you see there on the screen, or you can write out a check and mail it to the church office or drop it by during the week. I want to speak God's blessing upon you and upon our moms. Let's agree together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, you search the whole world for just the right mom for each of us. With her strengths and with her flaws, you knew she was the one that would help us become what we were intended to be. And I just pray a blessing on each of our moms right now. Encourage them, strengthen them, bless them as they continue to live out your love, love and your life. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the moms you've given to each one of us 
Some of us are celebrating our moms who've gone on before to the eternal reward. Some of us are embracing our moms. And I just pray that it be a special day that we give thanks to you for the incredible gifts you've given to us. And Lord, I also give thanks for the gifts that your people give now to you, saying thank you for your amazing love, Lord. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, here on this Mother's Day, to bring us the latest and greatest at Cathedral of Faith is the amazing Stephanie and her amazing son, Michael, which, by the way, she also has an amazing husband, Javier. And by the way, before we move on, do you know that Stephanie has worked here at Cathedral of Faith for 23 years? And her mom, Deanna, has worked here for 36 years. And Deanna's mom, Edna, worked here for 10 years. That's a lot of momitude on this Mother's Day. So, hey, take it away, Steph and MJ. What's poppin', Cathedral fam? That is not what we say. We say hello, Cathedral family. We're so happy you're here with us this weekend. This Mother's Day weekend, I thought it would be great to have my favorite person in the whole world, my son Michael, help me with announcements. Michael, what are you doing? I'm finishing up the survey for Pastor Ken. Oh, okay. We are so excited that we have been able to regather, but now we need your help in planning the next couple of months. We are asking all our Cathedral family to complete a five-question quick survey. It is available on cathedraloffaith.org or on the Cathedral of Faith app. For all that's happening around Cathedral, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit the Cathedral of Faith website. And finally, to all the amazing moms out there, including mine and mine, whether you're online or in person, may you know how loved and appreciated you are. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. You might have a mom, she might be the bomb, but ain't nobody got a mom like mine. Her love's till the end, she's my best friend. Ain't nobody got a mom like mine. She's my world, she's my heart, and there's no denying. I'm a girl, no matter what. Even when I'm lying, she's loving me, loving me, loving me, loving me, love. She loves me like nobody else. I'm telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you all. She taught me how to love myself. You might have a mom, she might be the mom, but ain't nobody got a mom like mine. She loves till the end. She's my
Hello, Cathedral family and friends. Welcome to this special edition of Recovery Plus. I was once reading an article in the New Yorker magazine, and it was about a business that had opened up over in Japan. And for $1,000 a day, you could rent a family. You would tell them what you were looking for, and, and they would send out a, a son or a daughter to spend the day with you and and they would tell you how great it is to see you and how much they had missed you. And do you know that according to the article, business was booming, renting a family? It seems to me that deep down within the human heart, there is a desire, a special place for family. You go all the way back to the beginning and you find that before there was well, an office or before there were teams or before there was school or even before there was church, there was family. It's a fundamental part of, of being a human being and God created family and when God came to earth, he came into a family. He had a mother, had a stepfather and he had those little brothers. I saw this one picture, it read this way, it said, my big brother, I only met him a few minutes ago, and I already don't like him. Did you know that the little brothers of Jesus were not that keen on him either? In fact, if you're a seeker today, and you're kind of kicking the tires when it comes to Christianity. One of the reasons we know Jesus came back from the dead is because of the change in his little brother James. James did not believe in Jesus. In fact, at one point, James thought that Jesus had completely lost his marbles. But then something happened which made James radically change his tune. And later on in James's life, he would write this. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me? He called his big brother Lord, I mean, my brother looks up to me, but Kurt doesn't call me Lord. Did I just hear my brother say amen? When Jesus came back from the dead, everything changed for James. That's why you can believe that Christianity is indeed true. Jesus came into a family. He came into a family 
in order to redeem it and to restore it. And my, do we need that now? I mean, during the pandemic, we were spending a lot of time with our families. In fact, I wonder, were we spending too much time with our families? One lady who goes by uh, Spaced Mom, she said this. She said, welcome to homeschooling. Your house has 847 pencils in it, yet your child can never find one. Any moms identify with that? Some of you have to be thinking, I've spent so much time with my family over these past 12 months. I've got enough family time banked for 12 years. Now, for some of us, well, that time together, all that time, it did this. And it strengthened those family ties. But for others of us, the strain and the tension of being together that much It frazzled those ties. And they're just hanging together by a thread. Let me ask you a question. Which one is true of you? Is it this one? Is it this one? Is it a little bit of both? One man in the Washington Post wrote this. He said, along with the budget deficit, we have a family deficit. We've learned that what good families provide cannot easily be gotten elsewhere for the nation. This is the deficit that matters most. I'm not an economist and I don't know how to solve the budget deficit, but with the help of God, I believe we can solve the family deficit and it all starts with God. Psalm 127 says this, It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So let me ask you another question. Where does God want to build your family? What's a step of faith you can take to strengthen those family ties? Well, with a little help from our teaching team, I call them the four wise women. We're going to take a look at that. And here comes my daughter. Well, to take a look at the first thing we need, the kind of love that it takes to recover those family ties. Well, like my dad was saying, this past year has thrown families for a loop, right? Some families, like this one, right? It brought them closer together. Other families like this string, right? It drove them apart. Mine has been a complete roller coaster, right? One day where we're so happy that we get to see each other every day and spend every moment together. And then the next, next it's like, oh no, I need my time, right? I want you to take a moment to think about how you show love within your family. For my family, it might look like playing catch in the backyard or playing a card game together or writing little notes for each other to find or bringing my kids a special treat after school. It's the little moments like that, right? Little moments that make little deposit, right? They're little deposits. They're like building blocks of love that make your relationship really strong. But what about when it's not so great, right? What if you have arguments or disagreements or when you see a loved one veering off on the wrong path? 
Well, let's take a look at what Jesus says. This is what he says. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. So we see here that love, it's not an option. It's a commandment. So if it's a commandment, how in the world am I supposed to show genuine love in difficult circumstances? Right now, our culture is having what I like to call a definition crisis. So in other words, we have the same language, we say the same words, but depending on who's saying it, it means something different. And what I've noticed is when it comes to the word love, we have a definition problem. You see, the current culture says love is accepting of people and approving of their choices. That means love. But I would like to make the argument that this is not biblical love or healthy love. Because when I love somebody, I want the absolute best for them that aligns in what God wants for them. But people don't always make the best choices for themselves, right? Let's take my kids, for example. Love using my kids as example. Um, the weather's been starting to get nice. So when the weather gets nice, I usually go to the grocery store and I stock up on ice cream, right? I have ice cream in the house. And it never fails. Every single time I, stop, I stock up on ice cream, they are constantly asking me for ice cream, right? Just um, yesterday morning, my toddler came up to me. It wasn't even seven o'clock in the morning. Mom, can I have some ice cream? No, you can't have ice cream for breakfast, right? Cue toddler meltdown, right? Why do I say no, right? Because I'm the parent and I know that if I give them ice cream first thing in the morning, while initially they will feel satisfied and happy, in a few hours they're gonna have a stomach ache, they're gonna feel grumpy and not have any energy, and it's gonna make for a pretty cruddy day for them, right? I say no because I care about them. I give them boundaries because I love them, right? Hold my hand when we cross the street. Put your helmet on before you go out for a bike ride. And in the same way, this is what biblical love does for us. Biblical love accepts us where we are, but it doesn't have to approve because it wants better for us. Biblical love accepts while maintaining boundaries. Now, if we go back to scripture, we can see how Jesus does this. He loves us unconditionally, right? Jesus gave his life for you. He gave his life for me simply because he loves us, right? We don't deserve it, but he doesn't leave it at that, right? You can see that he's constantly challenging people or setting boundaries or making people uncomfortable because he loves them. I could let my kids have ice cream every day, right, for every single meal, but after a while, they're gonna get sick they're not gonna get the nutrients that their body needs to function and thrive. And I love them too much to let that actually happen to them. I don't know what kind of mess there may be in your family today or what you're trying to recover for your family. But this is what I do know, is that when we live by God's commandments and when we love like he loves, God can have a very unique way of transforming circumstances or situations. My dad recently said this and it really struck me. He said, 
if we do the accepting, God will do the transforming. And when we show people genuine love by accepting them where they are without necessarily approving of behavior or choices, God is the one who transforms. Leave the transforming to God. Moms, parenting is hard, especially if you're at a place of disagreement with your children. I just heard a quote, and it might be one of my favorites. I can't even remember where I heard it, but it says, there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. In other words, there is no guarantee in this momming thing that we do. There is no perfect formula, none. But we are called to do the best that we can with what we have, to love like Jesus loved. And what a better way to stay true to that commandment than by leaving a legacy of faith for your family. And I'm gonna bring out one of our incredible youth pastors, Pastor Esther, to talk about that. Pastor Esther. Thank you, Lauren. I've been in cathedral for the past two years. And when I walk around here on campus, I can feel a legacy of faith. Faith is in our name. But moms, what does it mean to establish a legacy of faith in our children? In Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they grow older, they will not turn. They will not depart from it. See, when I was a little girl, my grandma from Africa came to live with us for three years in the Netherlands. Beside my mom, it was my grandma who trained me in the ways of God. Actually, she didn't train me. She drilled me. If any of you come from an African home, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, I looked at her and I longed for that spiritual foundation. I watched her. Little did I know that this was only the early beginnings of building, establishing a legacy of faith in my life. A couple of years ago, I um, was cleaning out my mom's garage in the Netherlands. And I found this official African document stating the legacy of my grandmom in Africa. I was shocked of what I read. My grandma did some great courageous things. I, she, she pioneered a school where she fought for Bibles to be brought in to that little country under a colonized regime and under a dictatorship. She left a legacy of faith in these children by taking risks. It stirred up my faith so much that if she could do this, I could do this. That if this was in her blood, then it's in my blood too. Now I too wanted to do more. I wanted to step out and take risks and leave a legacy, not just for my own children, but for every child that God would place on my path. When you see me here today, you see my mom, you see my grandmom, and every person that left a legacy, a spiritual legacy inside of me. Let's look at the life of Moses and how his legacy was established. In Exodus 2, verse 2, it says, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. Let's look at this video clip.
There was danger behind them. And there was an obstacle of the river now in front of them. Can you feel her anguish? She was stuck in the middle. But this mama was going to protect her baby boy at any cost by making a major step of faith. She let go and she let God. And here is where God turns the story. He flips the script. Her faith was rewarded. Moses' mom was eventually chosen to nurse her own baby in the house of Pharaoh where Moses was find, found. And I have two mind-blowing facts here. According to studies, they say that 50% of a child's personality is formed by the age of three. And according to Jewish traditions, nursing took three years. Moses' mom had there for three years to impress a legacy of faith within Moses so that when he would grow older, he would not turn. He would not depart from it. Now let's jump when he grew older at the age of 80. Once again, Moses found himself in danger behind him. And this time, the obstacle was the Red Sea in front of him. He was not alone this time. He had millions of people with him. They were all staring at the sea, watching, will the Lord deliver us? But because of the legacy that was placed inside of Moses, Moses knew that God would. We might get wet a little bit, but God did not bring us this far to be drowned by the Red Sea. And just like his mom stretched out her arms in faith to the water to save her baby Moses, so Moses did the same as he stretched out his arm over the Red Sea and, and, um, and the water that saved a multitude of people. Moses knew that if God did it before, that God will do it again. Moms, we only have so many years with our children, and they will face dangers, persecutions, and obstacles. But if we train them in the way of God, we will build a legacy of faith within them. They will take risks. They will overcome any barrier, any river, any ocean in their way and take future generations with them. What an honor to be part of Cathedral of Faith. What an honor to be a cathedral mom. And right now, it is my honor to introduce Pastor Irene, another faith stepper, sharing on the topic of honor. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Esther. Woo. Well, I want to share with you today a story that my dad used to tell me when I was younger. And it is a story of a professor who before every class, he would stand before the class and he would bow. And one day a student came up to him and asked, why do you do that? And this was his response. He said, son, I'm in the presence of greatness. The next president could be in this room. There are doctors and nurses who will save people's lives. There are scientists who are going to find cures for diseases. And there are fathers and mothers who are going to change the world. It is my privilege to be in your presence today. Today, too, I am in the presence of greatness. And it is my privilege to witness your life. I want to share with you a couple people who have impacted my life greatly. The first one is my family. I grew up in a blended family of five kids, of six kids, five brothers. My parents were first-generation Christians, first-generation pastors. They were uh, first to be born in the States. 
and their resolve to give it their all, to not give up, and to do whatever it takes profoundly impacted my life. But you know what else? Rocky, Luke Skywalker, and Optimus Prime, the heroes that me and my brothers grew up with in, I also appreciate them and honor them for the impact they've had in my life. These precious ladies, moms, grandmas, aunties, and cousins have been my home base crew, best of friends, board vida, in literally every season of my life. They have been a refuge to me, and they have been a strength. And for all the Hispanics out there, I got my aikelas and andale pueses from them. And then there's these handsome boys right here. I'm honored to be Vaughn's wife. I'm honored to be Zion's mom and now Leia's mom. And I get all my my love for the Alamo dinosaurs and now Petco from them. So I stand before you today in honor of them. The Bible says in Romans that to honor others and to give honor where honor is due. The Greek term there talks about the terms value, weight, or something precious like gold. One definition says it like this. Honor is a decision we make to place high value, worth, and importance on another person by viewing him or her as a precious gift and granting him or her a position in our lives that is worthy of great respect. But sadly, we live in a culture of dishonor where it is popular to show disrespect and, it's, and to disregard authority. In some places, the more you shame, the bigger platform you get. And society says that it is acceptable to do the honorable thing in a dishonorable way and that you have to earn my honor and my respect. However, we do not take our cues from society and most importantly, we do not let culture tell us our worth or dictate where we get our value. Instead, we live our lives in protest to the culture by cultivating a culture of honor. So how does this apply to us? The principle of honor bears so much weight. It defines others in our lives. And more importantly, it defines us. You see, honor is reciprocal. It is given and honor, as it is given, honor is received. As value is given, value is received. There's a story of a carpenter. He was an incredible carpenter. Everybody knew about him, but he was tired of building houses and so he quit. But then the owner of the company said, would you just do me a favor and build one more house? So he did it begrudgingly, didn't care about the details, didn't care about, about the product. And when he handed over the keys, the owner turned around and handed them back to him and said, this is my gift to you. Thank you for all that you have done. You see, the house did not compare to the houses that he had done before. When we give honor, we are building the house that we are going to live in. Everything matters. Honor is not just what I give, but it is what I live. There's a picture frame that I have in my house that says, the most important work you will ever do will be in the four walls of your home. So I want to share these three things. One is that honor gives value. It adds value to the other person's life. Giving honor helps them to discover how God sees them and who they are. It silences the insecurities and the lies that they are insignificant. And it helps them to understand that they are seen and that they matter. So don't underestimate the power of simple acts of honor. The second thing is that honor commands blessings. In Ephesians, we read, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life. Honor is a big deal to God. It is the first commandment with a promise when he begins to lay out how we are to relate to each other. And when you 
know that God makes a promise, you know that he can be taken at his word. And when we do things that are honoring God, we honor him and we also honor what he has given us. The last thing is honor builds bridges. It is never too late to start honoring. Honor is, the key, honor is the key that brings healing into relationships and paves a way for God to do what only God can do. Several months ago, I, I uh, got a call that my oldest brother's wife had passed away and I hadn't talked to him since my dad had passed away seven years before. I was hesitant to call him, but when I called him, he asked if we would come and sing. I was honored, but I really wanted to honor my brother. And so we went, and when we went, I was brought to tears on the presence and how much value he brought into my life. I was brought to tears on the feeling that a piece of my dad was with me and that here was a man who had witnessed my life and who understood things that I could not put into words. I was the honored one. So again, I leave you with this. Honor gives value. Honor commands blessing. And honor builds bridges. The key to our family and recovering our family is to honor and to live honorably. I want to pray this prayer over us. In Colossians, it says, I ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit all the while and you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Amen. And now I have the honor of introducing to you a dear friend who will tell us the honor that we are in God's eyes as he sees us. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Today, I will be sharing with you from Genesis 16, sharing the story of Hagar, who was an Egyptian slave to Sarai. Sarai was unable to have children, and one day she said to her husband, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. He took Hagar as his second wife. He slept with her and she conceived. When Hagar knew that she was pregnant, she began to despise Sarai. I mean, girlfriend had an attitude. Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. You have to do something about this. Abram replied, your slave is in your hands. So you do with her, Sarai, whatever you think best. And so Sarai started to mistreat Hagar, and she ran away. She began the journey through the desert to her homeland, pregnant, rejected, angry, and alone. She's at risk of being kidnapped and harmed, yet she presses her way until she came to a river where she lays down completely exhausted. And this is the beauty about God. He pays attention to every detail of our journey, strategically inserting himself in our situations. For wherever you see hurting people, Jesus will be right there. The Bible says, as Sarai laid by the river, an angel of the Lord came to her asking, where are you coming from? And where are you going? 
she answered, I am running away from my Mrs. Sarai. We see demonstrated here that we can be honest and transparent with the Lord about where we are. The Lord replied in verse 9, Go back to your missus and submit to her. He continues in verse 11, You are now pregnant, you will have a son, and call him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. Scripture reveals in Genesis 16 and 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the God who sees me. In Hebrew, the name is Elroy, the God who sees me. She's now no longer invisible. She realizes that she is seen by God. Throughout life, we have all felt invincible invisible, yet we are all seen by God. We all know the pain of broken relationships, the pain of family dysfunction, the pain of losing a parent or loved one, a pet, a home, even a friendship. We know the pain of our own sin. We know the pain of making wrong choices, and the consequences that we have to live with. Life is often complicated, and none of us are exempt from suffering. Yet through it all, it is important for us to remember that God is not blind to our pain, our misfortune, or our missteps. And Cathedral family, we read your prayer request every week, Pastor Ken and our staff and our prayer team, we are with you. We carry you in our hearts. We carry you in our prayers. You are never alone. So whatever you are facing, the God who sees is the God who knows, and he is the God who cares. He knows your every struggle. He sees your every situation, and he cares about your every salutation. This means that whatever we arrive at in life and whatever we depart from, as long as we are in Christ, God assures us of a safe landing. I'm going to ask Pastor Ken to come out right now and we are going to join our faith together. And we're going to pray for you. Wherever you might be, you might be by that brook. You might be suffering. You might have challenges, whatever it is. We want to let you know we are here to stand in agreement and to pray for you. Pastor Ken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God who sees you see us right where we're at. You know the brokenness that we're facing. You know the challenges that are in our families. And you see us. And you come to meet us at our point of need. And I pray for every family that is represented here today. I pray that you would 
Bless them, make them a target of your favor in every way. Let them know that they are not alone, but that you see them. And you are bringing back to them what the enemy has stolen. Strengthen, build up every family in Jesus' name. For Jesus' glory, amen. 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 God bless you and your family. And Pastor Vaughn and the team are coming to sing a great song, The Father's House. Sometimes on this journey, Get lost in my mistakes What looks to me like weakness Is a canvas for your strength And my story isn't over My story's just begun Failure won't define me Cause that's what my father does Yes, failure won't define me Cause that's what my father does
Thanks so much for being with us in today's service. I'd love to hear from you how we can pray with you and stand with you and your family. And don't forget right after service is the wrap. And it's a special edition that you won't want to miss. And for all of those celebrating today as moms, we honor you and pray that God would give you an amazing day. And to everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Hello, everybody. Come Happy on in. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, moms. My name is Esther. My name is Lauren. I'm Shelly. I'm Irene. And this is Cathedral of Faith's Mom's Rap Team. Moms, we are so happy that you are here. Yes. So would you just type your mom's name there or somebody who's been like a mom to you or even if our moms are not here with us, their prayers are with us. So let's honor our moms right now and type their name in there. And we are going to jump into the message. Yeah. So Pastor Shelley, yes. why don't you share something that you got out of this? Wow, it was just such an honor like just being with all you fabulous mm -hmm. anointed <laughs> ladies yes and one of the things that that stood out to me some so many things but what Lauren shared about Chase wanting ice cream mm -hmm. like first thing in the morning mm -hmm. and how she was like no you can't have ice cream for breakfast mm -hmm. and she wasn't trying to be mean but she was saying that mm -hmm. because she knew that later in the day you know that she would have he would have the effects of of that being tired Yep. you know sluggish whatever it was he wouldn't have a good attitude you know and so I thought that's so important because it parallels how we too that mm -hmm. could go for us and things that we may desire Absolutely. to have for mm -hmm. that you know quick gratification oh this is going to yeah. be good and then later we're like man I have to go on the treadmill that's me anyway <laughs> Every time I buy that ice cream, I'm like, why did I buy? I'm gonna why did I do stop that? your whining? I'm gonna throw it out. I never throw it out. <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. So for all of the messages stood out for me, but I just was brought back to a place uh, when I heard the story of Sarah, because for seven years I tried to get pregnant. Mm. I had miscarriage after mm. miscarriage. I could see myself maybe not out of brook, but weeping yeah. at home. I didn't even want to go to a Mother's Day. I actually there was three years that I didn't go because mm. I just couldn't. I I couldn't identify with the joy of a mom, mm -hmm. even though I feel I was a mom, mm -hmm. even was it was for a little little time period, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I really identified with that. And um, just want to encourage all the moms out there that God sees you, you know, that mm -hmm. God loves you. Um, God will carry you through, through hard seasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, now I have three. Exactly. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Right behind each other. <laughs> I was pregnant for three years. Oh <laughs> but I'm super grateful for God. I know yeah. they're not my own. I raised them in the ways of God. Mm -hmm. I, I get that. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just yeah. excited Aww. to see what's going to happen with their yes. lives. Absolutely. That is beautiful. I, um, Irene, I love what you said about um, how, uh, just about honor and about how um, right now we're living in a time, it's a uh, where dis, uh, dishonoring people yeah. um, is the thing to do, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
dishonoring people is like the in thing, right? It's like we live in this cancel culture, right? Let's mm-hmm. dishonor people. Let's, and how we need to do the opposite of that mm-hmm. and honor people mm-hmm. for, for the positions that they have, for who they are, to, you know, to, to lift them up and mm-hmm. to respect and honor people, I think is really a really powerful thing. It's something that we can do. Yeah. Um, that really, really, really struck me. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, there's so, I'm so convicted in different areas in my life too, where there's such a power in, the, in that, that, mm-hmm. that want that. And with your message, Pastor Esther, I love the transferring of faith. What great, what greater thing can we give to our kids yeah. than faith, right? Legacy. And mm-hmm. I think it is so beautiful. I love how the attention to detail that you pointed out that God gave him, gave him to his mom for three years. And the meaning behind that, mm-hmm. I feel like that's such an encouragement for our moms that there is, yeah. There's detail and purpose to things that maybe for us, we're just trying to make it and just yeah. get through or, you know, what, what survive in her case. Mm-hmm. But yet that God is actively working in that mm-hmm. and that he has details that he is orchestrating in that for the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was very yeah. beautiful how you put that all together. And to, yeah. and to trust that God is working. Yeah. You know, I think it's so hard. You look at your kids and... and you want to be in control of everything that they do, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you're worried about everything that's happening and you don't want this influence or that influence. Yeah. Or, and again, we do the best that mm-hmm. we can, but ultimately you need to trust that God's going to yes. take care mm-hmm. of them, right? If you're raising them mm-hmm. with these mm-hmm. solid biblical values and morals yeah. and scripture to back them, you know, and, and, and just let go and yeah. let, and let, let God go. take them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let it's go. So let important. God. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I really love, cause when I studied that about the Jewish tradition, yeah. like uh, three years, you nurse a bit, three years. Oh, my I, I know. <laughs> that right there is an accomplishment. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> but three years. And then a studies prove that 50% of a child's personality mm-hmm. is also formed by the age of three. Wow. So she has like a 50% chance to form that, mm-hmm. that baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other 50% yeah. is God. You know, God yeah. has to do it. I just it. have to say, as a parent of a three-year-old, that's a little bit terrifying to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who do that, just give him ice cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into what are some of the most enjoyable moments of being a mom? So I'll start so you guys can think about it. But one of my favorite times is right before bedtime. And usually when we're laying down, all of a sudden Zion just starts talking. And I need to make more space for that because sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so late. We got, But then he just starts talking and I've had some of the most greatest conversations with him and I always pray, God, please keep this door open. Keep this moment open so that I can see into the heart of my child. So that's one of my Aww. most enjoyable I have a I have a nighttime talker too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, you're just procrastinating. Uh-huh. You just want to stay <laughs> well, up that- later, you know. <laughs> but really you have like really good, deep, like yeah. meaning of life conversations mm-hmm. at these nighttime, you know, so making the time for that I I love just like the little things that they say like the little funny things that they say or the little things they come up with um how they relate things to one another Mm -hmm. just seeing them progress in Mm -hmm. in something is just it's it's so fun um I uh a while ago when my oldest was probably two um, he, so I'm a big Disney fan, right? I love Cinderella. She's my favorite princess, right? So, um, he, we were, we were in a wedding. He was a little ring bearer and I was a bridesmaid and we had these, uh, cute blue dresses on. And when he saw me, he says, 
mommy, you look so beautiful. You look like Cinderella. And it's just my thing, you know? It's like those moments that just melt your heart. You know? It's like, ah. Anyways. Oh, that is beautiful. So for me, one of the things that I'm enjoying about being a mom right now is that I have gone from like being the hands-on helicopter mom (laughs) to young adults where I just become like the advisor. You know, so I'm enjoying that, you know, have in that seat in that season, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part. And then (laughs) because it's always something. But anyway, and then and then another thing I was thinking that I really love because, you know, our son's not at home with Mm -hmm. us and he's going to kill me, but he'll probably never see this. But I love I love how when he comes by to get his mail you know, that he will just come and he'll just hug me and hug me and pinch my cheeks, you know, and he's so loving. And I'm like, I just live for that. I'm like, you have mail. UPS dropped something (laughs) off. Amazon was here today. I just love it because he's so, he's that child, you know, so I just love that. So just seeing them in the season they're in and having a different relationship with both Erin and Irvin is just, yeah. I'm enjoying that. Before you share, Pastor Esther, would you guys put in the chat some of your enjoyable moments as we're talking? Because I'd love to see it and hear it. So do that. Tell us about yours. So my kids are teenagers (laughs) right now. And I love it. I love all their awkwardness. I love the crushes. (laughs) I love their phone calls. uh, What I'm going to wear. How how should I approach this? I love it. I absolutely love it. I think one of the family traditions that we've always had, because Mm -hmm. we traveled so much as missionaries, Mm -hmm. but one of the family traditions that we've always had is we always sit at the breakfast table. Every morning. We go all out, actually. Mm -hmm. I cook pancakes and eggs and yeah I, I do wow. <laughs> for dinner they eat nothing no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not hungry they had a good breakfast there yes. go. <laughs> so um, yeah we do that and I think also what I love about my kids is that they're so uh, where there is no way they find a way mm. you know I think the yeah. mission field has done yeah. that to them mm-hmm. so we could have nothing on the beach but we'll find something to do mm-hmm. and um, yeah I love that I that love that. Is beautiful. Always fun. Absolutely. <laughs> well, almost always. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have an after wrap edition where we're going to go deeper into the things that happened. No, so fun. <laughs> no. Well, we are so honored to be here and to be yeah. part of the Cathedral of Fam- uh, Faith family. Happy Mother's Day to all of yes. you guys. And we want to say a prayer over you in this moment, yeah. wherever you're at. And and also at wherever stage you're at in life as a mom, and also those of us who are far from our moms or our moms aren't here, mm. there is a beautiful blessing that comes when we're honoring on, in, on Mother's Day those who have gone before us and those who are coming behind us. So we're going to pray in this moment. Would you guys pray with me? Yes. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Yes, I pray a blessing Lord. over every single family that is represented and watching yes, here. Yes. And God, I pray that this day, God, that they would sense and receive your love, your honor, the faith that has been um, passed down to them, and also, Father, the reality that you see them. Mm -hmm. And so, God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that everyone here would sense the presence of God and the wisdom of God as we continue to do what we know to do as you do that which only you can do. We love you, God. We bless you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And as always, it's it's a wrap.